Could PFAS contaminants make the coronavirus worse? That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. The Environmental Protection Agency is in the process of creating an exemption for polluters who release harmful perfluorinated chemicals, also known as PFAS, into the environment. PFAS chemicals have been found in drinking water and come from many items such as weatherproof fabrics, nonstick cookware, and firefighting foams. The compounds are linked to cancer, low infant birth weights, thyroid disruptions, and immune issues. And now there are concerns about PFAS and COVID-19. The chemicals interfere with the endocrine system and have been shown to cause several underlying conditions that leave people more vulnerable to the coronavirus. The Intercept reports people with higher levels of PFAS in their bodies are more likely to gain weight and have a harder time losing it. The compounds are also associated with asthma and hypertension, two other conditions that may worsen people's chances of surviving COVID-19. PFAS causes kidney disease and elevates levels of cholesterol and other fats in the blood, which increase the chances that people with the virus will be hospitalized or need intensive care. The Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry, part of the Department of Health and Human Services, agrees that the link between PFAS and COVID-19 requires more research, which Senator Richard Blumenthal, a Democrat from Connecticut, called for last week. Plastics are seemingly everywhere, from the bottom of the oceans to our national parks, and now they're showing up in the vegetables and fruits we eat. A new study from the University of Catania in Italy found microplastics in samples of carrots, lettuce, broccoli, potatoes, apples, and pears from both supermarkets and local vendors in Sicily. The produce from local vendors had higher levels of the particles than those from supermarkets. Carrots were the most contaminated of the vegetables, and of the fruits, apples contained more than pears. In a separate study, researchers found that cracks in the roots of lettuce and wheat crops absorb microplastics from the surrounding soil and water, which then travel up to the edible parts of the plant. One scientist told Fast Company that they tried to simulate the way many countries use wastewater to irrigate crops and found larger microplastics could get in through the roots because the particles are flexible. It's not yet known how ingesting microplastics affects our health, but researchers from both studies say the presence of particles in our crops is worrying and more study is needed. Forests play a major role in slowing global warming and protecting biodiversity. And therefore, tree planting campaigns have gained popularity. Two examples are the Bonn Challenge that seeks to restore forest areas worldwide, equal to more than eight times the size of California, and the Trillion Trees Campaign. But researchers at Stanford say these kinds of programs could backfire. Many of the plans incentivize monoculture tree plantations or a limited mix of trees that produce products such as fruit or rubber rather than restoring natural forests. And tree plantations have less potential for carbon sequestration, habitat restoration, and erosion control, especially if they replace natural forests or grasslands. To come to their conclusions, the scientists looked at a program in Chile that has served as an international model. But subsidies in that program failed to increase carbon storage and actually accelerated biodiversity losses. 
Current desalination methods that convert seawater to drinking water have been criticized for requiring enormous amounts of energy. And they also damage the environment with the brine that is produced and pumped back out to sea, increasing ocean salt content and decreasing oxygen. Now, researchers at Stanford say they've created a device that could make converting seawater to freshwater profitable and environmentally benign. The new technology causes a reaction in seawater that results in the splitting off of chemicals that are commercially valuable, such as lye, which is used to make soaps and detergents, and hydrogen, used in energy storage and fertilizers. And the method could cut the cost of brine disposal, which can account for about a third of total desalination expenses. The process also avoids brine's damaging environmental impacts. The authors intend to continue their research while partnering with desalination plants to advance energy and cost efficiency. And finally, NASA plans to send a woman and a man to the moon by 2024 as a part of the Artemis mission. There are numerous preparations needed to support the astronauts, including how they'll eat, drink, and later pee and poop. Much has changed since humans went to the moon in 1972, when basically they wore a diaper. And space toilets have been little more than a bag, a hose, and a vacuum. For this mission, NASA wants to develop a toilet that can work both in the weightlessness of microgravity and lunar gravity, which is around one-sixth of that here on Earth. In lunar gravity, urine and feces would fall into a toilet, although with less of a splash. To get there, last week the agency launched the Lunar Lou Challenge to crowdsource ideas for a next-generation toilet inviting anyone from kids to basement tinkerers to mad scientists to join in. There are several requirements about the size and weight of the toilet, including that it should conserve water and keep the lunar lander odor-free. Also, solutions need to accommodate toilet paper and allow for easy cleaning and maintenance with a five-minute turnaround time between uses. Think you've got the right stuff? The deadline to submit designs is August 17th and comes with $35,000 in prizes. NASA says bonus points will be awarded to ideas that can capture vomit without making a sick crew member stick their head in the toilet. And they don't mention it, but we're guessing including a joke book might help sway the judges. That's it for this week in water. We'll catch you next time.